Welcome to Adventology, the podcast dedicated to helping you be ready for Jesus. Here now is the host of Adventology, Travis Walker. Hey everyone, I hope you are doing well. It's another great day here to record a podcast. And uh, I am so excited that uh, our new season has begun. We were kind of uh, not as consistent posting episodes for the last several months. Um, But I am back and ready to go. I don't believe the mission got any less relevant. In fact, I believe it's gotten more relevant since we launched this podcast two years ago. Because you know everything we do here is about being ready for Jesus. And uh, as I look around at the world today, it is just clear that there is so much confusion, so much worry, and so much loneliness, so much yearning for, for understanding and truth and some sort of peace and security. And yet, where most people are looking for those things, um, they're not finding them. And we just see the world um, becoming less and less of a place that um, any of us really want to be. And, uh, and so I see that. I see that uh, people are worn out. People are uh, overwhelmed. They, um, even people who uh, used to attend church, um, they've just gotten out of the habit. They're not connecting with people like they used to. And even myself, uh, for the last several months, uh, part of the reason why I wasn't recording podcasts was because I just didn't have the energy. I, I went through this kind of depression, this burnout, and um, I just, the things, the passions of my life started to uh, just grow dim, and uh, it just was a burden every day waking up, not really um, being excited about the future, and and you know, it's it's not uh, something I'm proud of, but it's it's just the reality of where I was. And, uh, and the way that I got out of that, honestly, was by kind of reaching out of my comfort zone and kind of recognizing the areas in my life that weren't healthy, that weren't consistent. And, and one of the areas of my life that had slipped, I noticed, was my devotional life. And uh, not that I quit doing devotions, but they just, uh, it was just going through the motions, and uh, it, it just didn't have that vibrancy, and, and my prayers were, were just almost uh, cries of, of, of desperation, but they weren't real conversations, and, and it was just like I was trying to hold on for dear life uh, with all the overwhelming things that I felt in my soul, and I was just not at peace, um, but uh, you know, the solution was was just right there if I would have just uh, recognized it at the time. And, uh, and and so, praise the Lord, you know, I have been um, connecting with, with God better, with other people, and, and all of a sudden the spirit, the, the vitality returned to me. And, uh, and I, I know that you've probably experienced something similar. Uh, this is not something that uh, we want to happen, but it is something that can happen if we're not careful. And so in today's episode, I really wanted to to dig into that more. I have a guest today, Vincent Bajor, um, and uh, he's a Christian entrepreneur and passionate about morning devotions and routines. Uh, within the last seven years, he started multiple ministries and businesses in Europe and North America. And he now works as the event manager for Hive International, an Adventist organization that accelerates missional entrepreneurship around the world. Vince just recently founded Morning Devos, a ministry that helps young adults do their devotions in an enjoyable, practical, and relevant way. And uh, and I was excited to do this episode with him uh, because uh, I I really appreciate the ministry that Hive does. Uh, we. We connected with them last year for their Hive International um, conference. It was a uh, conference, a video conference, um, and uh, and that's how how we connected. And we had a few conversations recently. And I was like, Vince, you got to come on the podcast. 
And so uh, I believe you're going to be blessed by this podcast. I believe that uh, the things that we talk about here really will help you. Um, if you've been struggling, if, if you feel like you've your vitality isn't where it used to be, I know um, I was so blessed by it. I think I want to have him come back in the future. But for now, let's get right into the episode. Vince, it is so great to have you on the podcast today. How are you doing? Travis, uh, great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. And I am so excited to have you on today. I know that uh, you are connected to to Hive International, and that's, I think, how we got connected. I uh, attended the virtual conference last year in 2020 and just was super impressed. I had no idea Hive even existed, but basically it's this international uh, organization that brings entrepreneurs and uh, and also ministry professionals and just generally people who care about getting the gospel out in unique and different ways. And it was amazing. There was just so many stories and, uh, and, and it was a, a great experience for me. And so um, how, tell me about yourself. Like, how did you get connected to Hive and and just kind of what what are you up to these days? Yeah, great question. Um, so yeah, I actually got involved with Hive at the beginning of 2020. It was a couple of years after I attended one of the first conferences that they had in Europe. And uh, when they reached out to me, I was uh, living in San Diego and they said, you know, we kind of want to reach out to more people and, uh, you know, make sure that we go global soon. And um, can you be responsible for some things that we want to do in the United States? And I said, you know, I'd love to kind of cooperate with them and so that's how the relationship got started and um, I'm managing a few things for them right now I have entrepreneurial you know my entrepreneurial background but also my ministry background you know I was working for a local church in San Diego for a while and um, and so I kind of have um, this wonderful um, part of my day-to-day job which is working for Hive and managing things and uh, you know that's covering the majority of what I do actually uh, we want to make sure that we bring the gospel to people through entrepreneurship. So there, there are some areas in this world where you cannot really evangelize people. Like you have to uh, literally start a business uh, and and kind of you know get their interest like that. You know through that because um, it's not allowed in these countries to do evangelism. And so we're equipping entrepreneurs around the world to uh, spread the gospel and the three angels' messages. Uh, through their entrepreneurial uh, tasks and their projects, their startups and their companies. And um, that's basically what I'm doing. I'm also now um, involved with this new ministry project called Morning Devos. And um, I just am very excited about this because I've realized that um, there is a great need in our church when it comes to devotions. And I want to kind of share my experience and help people to have a greater devotional experience every morning. Yeah, totally. And I think we can all recognize um, as we um, obviously just went through and are still continuing to go through this um, COVID crisis and, and just how important it is to, to stay connected um, during this time when, um, you know, a lot of our lives have been disrupted. And and uh, and so part of staying connected, obviously, is having a community um, here here on earth. But but more than that, it's it's about staying connected to God. Um, and and so talk about your journey a little bit. You know, you you uh, obviously have become pretty passionate about morning devotionals. If you're getting ready to start a, a ministry uh, connected to that and uh, just how how has your um understanding and and your appreciation for your devotional life um, grown over the years and and when do you remember it kind of you know kicking off in in this uh new way yeah so um i you know i grew up in a christian home i actually am from germany so i grew up in germany uh went to school there and um and kind of had all these secular influences that you have in a country like Germany, right? So um, my parents used to go to church with me every week, and um, 
it, it was like this thing that we just did over the years. I played the piano there. I was involved in the church. Um, but I realized over the years, especially when I was in high school, I remember that was a time around uh, where I realized there was a lot of hypocrisy um, in the church happening. And it was just kind of this thing that, um, you know, I felt this connect. I feel I felt this disconnection there, and I realized that um, this cannot be, this cannot be really like you cannot. You know, I, I used to go to church on. You know, my parents went. We all went to church on on Sabbath on on Saturday, and and I I was just like, okay, if you're that person on Saturday, but then on Monday I hear this about you, and on on Tuesday you are doing this to your spouse, and on Wednesday I hear this from your kids. You know, it's like, what what is that? Like you call yourself a Christian, right? So I think we we can all kind of. You know, we're kind of familiar with that, that we have um, this this problem in Christianity, you know, this hypocrisy that is out there and that, you know, um, A is not matching with B and, you know, although this is the same person speaking. And so I kind of um, left the church spiritually, mentally. I remember what kept me in there physically was the piano. So I always, um, you know, continued kind of playing the piano over the years and, um when I, then as a freshman, actually, I came to San Diego and I um, I had this conversion experience because for the first time in my life, I saw people with a genuine, authentic faith. And that was something that I've never seen before. And I was so amazed at um, how these people would live 100% for Jesus. And they had success, like they were blessed, you know. And I saw that and I was like, wow, like... There seems to be something about living your life 100% for Jesus, and I want that too. So I just want to try it. Like, I've seen it in my childhood. I've seen how people have done it like 30%, 50%. You know, it's like a country club for some people. They go there, but nothing life-changing, you know. And and I realized, okay, if there's really, if this is really true, what I got, you know, kind of what, what my parents taught me, what I kind of listened to when I was a kid, then I want to I want to go 100%, and that's kind of when my devotional life really um, started. I can say because I, I there was a friend from that church in San Diego um, who now is a close friend of mine. He he came to me one day. He said, you know, because I was asking, I was like, hey, um, you know, what should I read in the morning? Like, what should I do? And he was like, oh, you know, just start with this one book uh, called Patriarchs and Prophets, and take that with your Bible and read that every day, and you know, I did that. I started doing that. It, uh, it's actually one book that is part of a five-book series called The Conflict of the Ages. I went through the entire series. It took me two and a half years, and it completely changed my life. Like, you know, I, I spent hours every morning studying these books and the Bible verses, and, you know, I never received any Bible studies before I got baptized or anything. It was just like, this was kind of my Bible study, you know? My devotional experience literally propelled my life to new heights and to new joys and it was just so amazing to see that and um yeah that was kind of my experience and and I look back at this time and I realized that that was kind of the turning point um you know that changed everything so about how old were you at that time would you say I was about 19 so uh not that not that old (laughs) yeah no because I can totally relate to that what you were just saying um, when I, after my conversion experience, um, I did the same thing. I, I had never really read the Bible before. I definitely never read the conflict series that you're referring to. And uh, I was uh, just knew that God wanted something for my life too. And so I had signed up to be a student missionary and I was going to serve in the Marshall Islands. And uh, in the summer, probably before I left, I, I started you know, this devotional life for the first time, like, well, if I'm going to be a missionary, I need to like figure this out. And I did the very same thing that you said. So I think I started with uh, Desire of Ages and then I did Great Controversy. And then I went back and I did Patriarchs and Prophets, Prophets and Kings, and then Acts of the Apostles, I think was the last one that I went through. Um, but I, I did that all within a year, a little bit over a year. And, uh, and I, and I did that the same thing like you were describing, just reading the Bible and, uh, reading those books together. And I really do believe it just created this, um, this clear understanding of the, of the great controversy theme and, um, really, you know, what the Bible is trying to teach us in relation to, to Jesus Christ and, and, and truly, 
the gospel of, of him wanting to live in us and, and shine his light and love and character through us to the whole world. So I, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. And, um, and so just kind of follow up with that. Um, so, so how does that kind of become a ministry? Like how, how does devotional habits, you know, cause a lot of times, at least as a pastor, I just, you know, tell people, and everybody assumes that, you know, we know what we're talking about when we talk about devotions. Um, and, and sometimes, like I said, it's just assumed that people know. So how, how does this become a ministry for you? Yeah, great question. I started to realize that the people around me were not doing these things that I was doing. So the friend that I was referring to earlier, um, you know, he basically, he, I mean, he read lots of, these books and he was pretty he was pretty familiar with all of these things but then as i continued over the years you know to work uh or to like participate in church projects and to you know do lay evangelism to be beyond the ground there you know and and, and help others uh you know and, and spread the gospel and all these things i realized that not everyone is doing it like i'm doing it like you know not everyone is spending this time in scripture you know reading these books i actually found out you know years later after i started you know initially started to read the conflict of the ages series that a lot of people haven't even read that you know so i was like wow you know and and that was one thing that i remember and then another thing that happened was you know, the, I, I received these requests from like, you know, conferences and people in the church who said, hey, can you come and speak on like morning habits, morning devotional uh, experiences and all these things? So I realized, okay, maybe there's a need out there, you know, like there's, there are young people, young and old actually, who are struggling with this daily routine and maybe I can share my experience and help them a little bit with that. You know, that was kind of um, the point that, um, that took me from just, okay, this is something that's part of my spiritual life to, okay, this is a problem that's in our church that needs to be solved. You know, this is, this is worth starting a ministry. Yeah. So, so give our listeners like a little bit of a glimpse into your own, you know, like, okay, when, when you say you're reading through, let's say patriarchs and prophets and the Bible, like what, what did that mean for you? Like you got up every day at a certain time. Did you have like a, a checklist Were you, were you just kind of, you know, doing it casually or did you have like a systematic approach to, to going through it? And just how did that progress, you know, at least early on? And obviously I'm sure, you know, you're not doing the same things you were back then, but just kind of just for someone who maybe really doesn't have a clue about, you know, devotional life. Yeah, so I started with making myself a smoothie in the morning and reading my Bible because I was like, okay, I don't have time to um, to like eat and then study my Bible and then I don't really am paying attention if I eat while I'm studying or reading. So I'm just like, I'm just gonna, you know, I have the straw here and I'm just gonna drink my smoothie and then while I'm drinking, I can like read, you know, that's, that's literally how I started. So it was pretty, pretty, pretty simple. <laughs> and um and I also remember that I had a, I had major trouble staying, uh, you know, awake in the morning. You know, in high school, I used to sleep like 10 hours. So, so it was like, you know, how, <laughs> I was like, how do I actually get up early in the morning to study my Bible if I need to go to class, you know, at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. Yeah, right. And, okay, so, so that was that. So I realized, okay, I need not only some time for Bible study, I need some time to kind of work out or, you know, make my body um, not fall asleep, like, you know, really make sure that I exercise, that I work out, that I go running. So what I basically did, I started my routine with just a simple workout in the morning uh, and then and then just, you know, making a healthy breakfast and, and just then reading, you know, that's, that's how I started. And I didn't have a systematic approach. Like, I, you know, there are great reading plans out there. I'm actually working on some reading plans right now for people who need a more systematic approach and a structure. But for me, it was just like, okay, you're trying to read one chapter a day and the, the corresponding Bible passages. And if that chapter is super long, then you're just going to, you know, do, you know, kind of split it in half. That's basically what I did. And um, just, you know, kept going. And and I found amazing things. You know, I, I can tell you, Travis, I, I grew up in an Adventist church and, and the name Ellen White in that church was not mentioned um, a lot. I barely mentioned, if I can say that right. So... 
the things I've found in her writings and the things that she comments on that, that are in scripture just amazed me. And I was like, wow, you know, this is actually in that story, you know? And, and so I was just fascinated. I remember I was reading that story on Joseph and tears came to my eyes as I was reading that chapter where he's, you know, kind of reconciling, um, you know, where's this recon reconciliation happening with his brothers. And it was just so beautiful. And I was like, wow, you know, God's word is amazing. And uh, I just continued, you know, and I, I started with maybe like 15, 20 minutes a day. And uh, now I have a morning routine that, that entails like, you know, three, four hours of doing all sorts of things. And, uh, and it's just the most beautiful part of my day. Wow. That's, that is, uh, that's amazing. Um, I think someone be, <laughs> would be listening to that 15 minutes. Okay. And then woo, three to four hours. So, uh, that's not something that happened overnight, obviously, and uh, and we'll talk more about that as we get through it. But but the truth is that's that's about where we're at as a church. If people do devotionals, it's usually fifteen minutes or less. And uh, I know that the church, um, you know, is really the the health of the church is really connected to its devotional life. So what do you see when you go around in your experience now getting involved in? talking about devotionals, starting a ministry about devotionals. Is the church struggling to do devotionals these days? You know, I I can tell you, I was shocked when I actually started to do some solid research on this topic because I realized that it's not just a little part, like a little fraction of people of our church who are struggling with this. Like I found surveys and data from, you know, for example, 2013, it's been a while now, but um, back then people were interviewed and they were asked, okay, um, how often do you read your Bible? How often do you do your devotions? And 42% um, said they're, gonna, they're doing it daily, you know, less than 50%. When you look at the young adults rate, it's even way less. Um, young adults like do their devotions, you know, reading their Bible. Um, if, if that's their devotional experience or practice, that's actually just, you know, 21% of them are reading their Bible every day. Um, the others are doing it like four or five times a week, but it's not every day. It's not a daily habit. So I looked at these numbers. I'm like, wow, you know, and even, even in 2019, there was another sur survey that was done. Um, we look at like 52% of, of people in our church who do daily devotions. So it's not everyone, you know, it's literally half of our church who is missing out on that great blessing every day. Yeah. And it, it is so easy to talk about, uh, but obviously it's not as easy to put into practice um, because clearly if it was more people would be doing it. Um, and, and so what, what do you find, you know, what do you find are some of the the challenges. I mean, you would think with all the technology now it'd be easier than ever to do devotionals. You could literally almost do them anywhere. Um, you know, riding your bike in your car, uh, you know, I mean, not to say that there are different levels of, of concentration needed for different types of activities, but there, there are literally just uh, endless amounts of opportunities throughout the day. If, if to do them, I would think so. What, what is the challenge uh, that that you find with with devotions, at least with maybe your own life or just people that you've been coaching uh, over the last few years. So the last couple of months, I did some intense research. I started to call people in our church, friends, acquaintances, and people that I didn't even know, but that gave me their numbers and said, you know, we would like to talk to you about this topic. And I found out that a lot of people struggle with distractions. So. The thing that you were just mentioning, you know, social, not social media, but your, you know, our phones, our, you know, our devices that can be so, uh, so great, you know, uh, for our spiritual walk, they can also be huge temptations. And lots of us are struggling to not do social media in the morning, but to actually open the Bible and like read in the Bible app and not in on Instagram. Right. So, so that's a big struggle. That's a big um, problem that many, especially many young people have. But there's also this, this misconception out there that devotions are not really practical. Like, you know, me reading my Bible 15 minutes a day is more like a, like an obligation that I ought to do if I, you know, if I better be a, a good Christian, you know, if I want to be a good Christian, I better do that every morning. But it's not something that is very relevant, at least 
in the minds of many today, right? So so that's that's a real misconception because you know if you really study God's word and you try to make it practical for your life, you'll find so many great truths in there every day that you can take and you're like, okay, I'll take that for today. You know, this gives me peace. This gives me joy. This gives me happiness. And it makes it very relevant. The problem is that many people don't see that and they don't get that taught. So it's difficult for them to just try it on their own. Yeah. And I think there's kind of like you were just saying, there's this perception or misconception. I believe you said that accurately that, you know, devotionals don't, really get things done like it's like if I'm going to get up um, it feels like well if I'm doing this it's just taking time away from something productive that I could be doing or like you were just saying some um, interesting distraction or hobby that I'm you know more fascinated about I've read the Bible I've heard it before there's nothing new it's like reading the same story over and over again so um, how do you combat that you know obviously there's um, obviously some truth to that, right? I mean, a lot of people have heard the same stories over and over again. So, so what does that mean when, when, when you're, when you're looking at the Bible and you said, well, I've read this before, why should they keep reading that same passage again if they've read it before? That's a great question. I believe that God's word is so fantastic and rich in treasures that we can continue to read and we can continue to do these things and and like read those stories and we will always find new things you know um i actually believe that for someone who's not trained at this for someone who maybe has not that much experience i really recommend that that person gets a commentary book or some sort of a commentary uh, to the very book chapter or passage that they're reading and then um, it's way easier to see that, you know, because then you're like, huh, you know, I've read, I've read the Sermon on the Mount before, but I haven't seen that part. I haven't seen this detail. And that way you can, you, you get an eye for these things, right? And over time, um, it's more clear to, to, you know, you need to really reread things. You need to kind of, you know, I always give some tips as far as like, okay, you know, you want to highlight keywords, you want to ask questions, you want to mark the repetitions, you want to see, uh, maybe there's a structure in the text, things like that, you know. And when you have that as part of your devotional um, habit, then you find new things um, every day. And we need to be patient, right? I mean, if if we think that we can find some practical truth by just looking at a verse for five minutes while brushing our teeth and then running out of the door, uh, then running out of the house, then it's that's not happening. Like, we need some time. And time is what a lot of people don't have today right so i believe that if we are very busy if we have a busy season we don't have that much time in the morning you know we ought we better read that same text again the next morning and see if we can find something there and you know really humbly seek god every every time we go to scripture i believe those are key things that we need to do yeah i totally agree with you i think there's something that cannot be replaced uh, unless you practice repetition through the scriptures and like you said connecting to other commentaries especially like you mentioned the conflict of the ages where there's this string of truth and a a picture a worldview that is is just constant throughout the whole um the whole commentary and then you begin to see those themes without the help of the commentary on your own as you read the scriptures, you're no longer dependent on the commentary because you see them yourself. At least that's how I feel. And I've seen that in my own life where it's like, wow, all these connections that I wasn't making before now without the help of any outside resource, I can read the Bible. I can see these and I'm continually being amazed by these different connections between these, you know, on the surface, seemingly different topics and and different stories seemingly unrelated. And then you start to see the connections and you're like, mind is blown. And, uh, and it's, it becomes just a a rich experience with God. Uh, at least that's been my experience. And, uh, I can totally relate with what you're saying about how that doesn't just happen until we, you know, make that commitment to, to going back again and again. 
So um, what what essentially happens then? Like like you're saying, I mean, kind of kind of piggybacking on this when we're doing devotions correctly um, versus incorrectly, because I think a lot of times uh, why people quit is maybe they're not doing them correctly or they have misconceptions or miss um, they have uh, maybe some unrealistic expectations. I don't know. So so how how would someone be able to judge? you know, for themselves, you know, okay, I'm doing them. What would be some indications they're doing them right and maybe some that they're doing them wrong? Okay, so I believe that you need to treat devotions as quality time with God. If you go there and you treat it as like, okay, this is a checklist, you know, it's like a transaction, you know, I'll I'll read my Bible today, Lord, and, and you better bless me throughout the day so that nothing bad happens to me then this is the wrong attitude, right? We even have people, uh, Christian people who say, you know, you better do your devotions. And if you don't, you know, and then something happens, you know, throughout the day, they're like, oh, you know, that was because you didn't do do your devotions, right? But this is not how, how God works. Like he's not, this is not a transaction that we have to do. God wants to spend time with us every day, not just on Sabbath, but every day. And if we treat that as quality time with him, then we already have a big benefit every single day. And to to be to speak it, you know, or to be very practical now, I believe if you you can really see the fruits of this when you start to when you start to deal with conflict differently. Like when you really start to when you see like when you see some practical things like you know your speech is changing or like your thoughts are changing you get reminded of what you've read in the morning and you're like okay i better not do this today because i I just read something earlier today (laughs) that you know that that says okay i shouldn't be doing this right or i shouldn't be saying that that's really when you realize okay god is working in you the holy spirit is working in you and I mean, in one word, Travis, it's it's sanctification. Like, that's literally what happens. If you do it right, you realize that your character slowly becomes changed. And I don't think that we can have it as like a checklist where we say, okay, I do my devotions now for a month and I better get some solid results out of it. You just start and you just see where the Lord takes you. I mean, this is what I've been doing. I never expected that this would actually result in a ministry. I never expected that I would learn this much about the Bible and about Bible stories. And I just said, okay, I'm just going to do it. And I enjoyed every moment of it while I was in it. And I realized that I began, I began to change, to speak differently, to, to act differently, to treat my loved ones differently. And, um, and that really made a huge impact. So I, I, I believe that we will see the fruits. And and the best thing we can do is pray about it, you know? Like, really, um, I, I, I remember there were so many days where I read something and I was like, okay, Lord, please remind me throughout the day uh, that I need to do this or that I need to think more like that or that I need to be more like that. And a very good example is, you know, as a German, we have, um, I can tell you, we have in Germany, we have this, uh, you know, no speed limit. Uh, uh, these these roads, autobahns, right? Um, where you can where, where you can drive uh, on the highway with no no speed limit, and and that really um, can be a temptation that you're driving not like a Christian sometimes, right? And I remember that um, many people here in Germany d- deal with like um, anger on the road, like road rage and all these things. And so I remember I was praying after my devotions when I read something that impacted me uh, in particular. Uh, maybe in regards to this topic that I was like, hey, Lord, please let me let me drive and act like a Christian today. And because I've prayed that, because I've spent that quality time with Jesus in the morning, uh, when I was in my car, you know, and this was not only when I was in Germany, it was, this was when I moved to the U.S. already. I was like, okay, you know, when that person cuts me in traffic again, I'm not, I'm not, you know, angry at them. Let me not be angry at them, Lord. You know, I prayed that. And, and I actually was reminded throughout the day that I did say that to God in the morning. So I was like, oh, I better <laughs> I better behave now. You know, I, this is what I promised Jesus and I don't want to disappoint him. And this is where it gets practical. This is where you see the fruits of your daily devotional habit. Exactly. I think, you know, the, the moving... So I think there's three different categories of people when it comes to devotionals. And I think there's the one, like you said, that just aren't doing them because they don't see them practical. There's the ones that are doing them, but like you said, they're doing it for transactional purposes. It's like they're checking off a box. 
you know, it's like something they feel like they have to do to keep God happy, to keep him from, you know, cursing them during the day with something bad. Like you said, oh, no, I didn't pray. I didn't do my devotionals. That's why this is happening to me today. So there's a fear base, I think, to to the to the transactional approach or or just a, you know, pragmatic. You know, it's like, well, you know, better, better than not doing it, better do it. Um, but both those are, like you said, you're not going to really be fully in it for the quality time with God. It's going to be rushed. It's going to be, um, there's going to be shortcuts taken. There's there's going to be distractions while you're doing it. So, I mean, I've been in that category where I'm trying to, even as a pastor, it's like, well, I've made this commitment. I'm, I'm, I'm re- I have this Bible reading plan. And I can remember the days when I'm transactionally doing it. Um, and, and again, that, you know, though sometimes that's, let's just be real. That's going to happen. But at least, uh, if, if that is not your, your, your view of it, overall view of it, that, uh, it's better to do it than not do it. But the, but the goal would be to, like you were saying, to get into that time where it's just quality, where you're just spending time with God, um, because, it's God. And, uh, and, and that's, that's the, the, the motivation is to just, to be in his presence, to, to just hear from him a word that is very practical for that day. And, and I know when I'm overwhelmed with a lot of things and I just sit at the feet of Jesus and just listen, um, he's always got something for me that will fill my, my cup and, uh, and will give me the strength to keep going. And, uh, and I think, you know, so I, I'm I'm pretty sure our listeners probably fall into one one of those three categories as well. Yeah, you know, and I believe that it's it's easy, especially if we're. Um, it depends on the personality, right? It's easy to um, to stay in that category and then to get frustrated. And I believe that's also part of why some people hate devotions, why some people don't want to do that anymore, and maybe even it gets to the point where they say, okay. I don't understand this God, you know, and um, that's why we really need to um, show them how they can spend quality time with Jesus. And, um, you know, there's so much, so much distraction out there right now in, in the world. And there's, we are such a busy people that we really should take that time to, to just, you know, Spend a few minutes at the feet of Jesus every morning. You know, devotions doesn't mean only that you read your Bible. I started doing that with some books that I read and the Bible that I was reading. Now, as I was mentioning earlier, it's like, you know, it can be really a heart-to-heart prayer, right? It can be, you know, memorizing Bible verses. You know, that's something that I've been starting to do. It can be uh, all of these things combined. And, and so that's when you really start to feel God and to really experience him on a daily basis and that just makes your life so much more beautiful that's where we as adventists can not only look forward to jesus second coming right because we do look forward to his coming but also you know kind of start living with him today and i believe that's super important so that people around us are seeing that we are a happy people that we love to give that we love to to um you know be hospitable and to to spend time with others, to tell them about the love of Jesus. And that's really something that is being produced by quality time with God himself. Amen. So you were mentioning uh, before when we were chatting, before we started recording, that, that, you know, there's some examples from the Bible that you have, uh, you know, just used as practical illustrations about devotional life. So, Share a few with with our listeners, you know, some of the, obviously there's probably more than we have time to get into on this episode, but just share a few of the examples of devotional life from from the Word of God that um, has been meaningful to you. Yeah, definitely. So I love to look at the patriarchs and prophets in the Bible and see how thousands of years ago people were having this habit, like... Um, you know, when you when you look up this phrase early in the morning, it's super interesting. Like you see that it it pops up over, you know, it pops up pretty much 40 times in the Bible, like 36 times in the Old Testament or 34 times and then six times in the New Testament. And it's just like that these people had 
the habit of waking up early in the morning and not just waking up to do anything, but to actually wake up and spend time with God. There is Abraham as an example. There is, um, you know, Jacob as an example, Moses, Joshua, Samuel, David, um, Job, one one of my favorite examples is actually Job. He, he went up, the Bible says in Job chapter 1, that he got up early in the morning to pray for his children. And he really was caring about the salvation of his family and of the people around him. So he had this good devotional habit. And they didn't have a Bible like we have it today back then, right? So, so obviously it looked a little bit different than it looks for us today. But we have more light. Like we have more truth. We have more scripture today. So we can use that time that they spend in the morning and we can read God's word. We can read about those stories. And, you know, I mean, obviously... I have to say that when we look at devotional practices, we we cannot oversee the life of Jesus. Like Jesus was spending time with the Father in communion, you know, praying to him hours um, every morning. Like, you know, there are times where where when he actually got up before sunrise, hours before sunrise, we read and, and, and he was just praying. And the disciples, they noticed that, you know. And in Luke chapter 11, it's one of my favorite passages when it comes to a prayer in the morning and, and just devotional practices. Um, it was a time when the disciples realized that the source of Jesus' strength comes from his prayer life. And that is something that changed like their lives. They were like, okay, Jesus, teach us how to pray. They didn't ask him, teach us how to preach, teach us how to heal, teach us how to give Bible studies or you know holy evangelistic meetings no they realized that the source of jesus strength and everything that he did throughout the day came from his early morning hours with his father and when you realize that when you actually look at that i mean it changes your devotional experience you're like okay i want that too like if jesus did that I want to try that as well. And you you go you go past Jesus, you know, in, in earth's history, you look at the apostles, you look at, uh, you know, reformers like Martin Luther, who actually said that he has so much to do that he spends three hours praying to God in the morning. You look at p- pioneers of our church, like like Ellen White, who actually got up at 4 a.m. in the morning to, to spend time with God and to write testimonies for the church. Like, those are just awesome footsteps that we can go into and basically continue this journey um you know with god this is just uh you know i believe it's amazing and there are so many examples yeah i mean we're i think that's that's the you know and we could get into theology here but i think that's relevant because i think devotional life should be connected to our theology and we need to understand how um you know, when the Bible talks about the new life, when the Bible talks about the divine nature, like you taught, you called it sanctification. Um, you know, you could call it discipleship. There's lots of different terms that you could use to describe um, this connection with God, this new nature, this conversion experience. And, uh, and so it's not innate in us, right? So we're not born converted. We're not, um, we mm. can't assume conversion. And conversion is a choice. And it's a choice that we make by connecting ourselves to the source of life. And, um, and so every day is, is a choice, right? Every day is a choice. We either choose life, we choose to connect to the source of life, or we choose to live separate from that source. And, uh, and of course, we're going to see the immediate results from that choice. And we're also going to see the long-term, um, you know, effects of that choice. And I think, uh, one of the, one of my favorite illustrations that Jesus used to describe our devotional life is is uh, John chapter fifteen, right? And and I really do mm-hmm. feel like that that is one of the best, you know, clear, easy to understand examples of you know a true devotional life is going to um, you know result when we abide in in Him and uh, and He abides in us. You know, there's there's life. Um, coming into us, and then the fruit is the result of the life flowing into us. Um, we don't produce the fruit, you know. We 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 abide in the vine, and uh, and God produces the fruit in us. And uh, and then of course the opposite of that is if we don't abide, you know, the very next verse, you know, it says we dry up and um, we just become dry dry branches. So 
Um, you know, talk a little bit about that and just in general, like what are some, you know, some, some ways of developing a good routine if somebody isn't in one right now? Yeah. Amen. That's uh, great, great stuff, you know, uh, and a great question as well. I believe that when you look at John 15 to answer that one first, it's really all about the Holy Spirit and about daily surrender, as you were saying, like it's a choice that we have to make daily. And the danger that can happen is that when we start our journey as Christians, that we we make it a routine, it becomes a habit, and then it goes automatically, but our heart is not in it anymore. And then we get to a point where maybe we're like, you know, what, what Paul describes in Galatians 3 verse 3, where he says, you know, you started, you know, he talks about the people in that church, but, you know, he says to them, you started um, in, you know, in the spirit, but then you are now in the flesh. And that basically means like you, you made that choice to be with God every morning, but it became a meaningless routine that maybe is not applicable um, to to like what Jesus said, you know, abiding in him. And and so I think that's important that we that we really surrender it daily to God and that we ask for the Holy Spirit to to reside in us, to be in us every day because God doesn't force us, you know. So I I, I think that's that's super important. So if someone wants to actually start a good devotional routine like it obviously depends where that person is, you know, that always depends. Um, I would say if you're at the very beginning of your um, spiritual walk where you haven't done devotions or they're not fun for you, I would say um, pick a good chapter that you understand, a good book in the Bible that you understand. Like you can start with the Gospels and you can start with a commentary book. You know, I would really recommend that you get one. Um, you can start with Actually, what you can do is you can start with uh, Thoughts from the Mount of Blessing. It's a it's a book um, by Ellen White, and she comments on uh, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 to 7. You can just start reading that and then um, go through that, you know, day by day. Start small and make sure that you don't get distracted. I believe that um, a good devotional routine means that you really spend time only with Jesus and not with anything else. So, so you want to make sure that when you get up in the morning that your mind is empty, that you don't fill your mind with all these other things that are coming up throughout the day like meetings, emails, notifications. And, uh, you know, part of a good devotional routine is, you know, not only the Bible study, but prayer, um, you want to have breakfast as well. I believe it's important to not only have spiritual food, but to have physical food. And um, I'm motivating myself. That can be also part of your devotional routine. Like write down things that you're grateful for every morning or write down things that you want to do throughout the day and then read it out loud. It really motivates you, you know. And, um, you know, that's that's part of it. And then also, I would say, since the Bible has a health message, exercising, working out, that's something that also should be part of your morning routine if you're not doing it at another time during the day. So those are kind of like the five pillars, as I call them, of a good devotional routine. We got prayer and Bible study, then we got motivation, and then breakfast and workout in whatever order you, you want you know, you know, want to do it in. Yeah, exactly. So it is about um, a combination of the spiritual and the, the mental. Uh, like you said, we could we could get one or the other. It's better to have both, right? Because the mental is the habit, right? And the habit can become too routine if we're not keeping the spiritual alive. But the spiritual mm. will suffer without the mental habit, right? You have to, you can't just say, oh, well, I don't want to worry about habits because then it's going to be, it's going to sound too, too um, controlled. Um and I would say no, it's not one or the other. You you can be disciplined and spiritual. They're not they're not uh, contrary to one another. And yes, you can slip in 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 favor one over the other. And uh, and there's benefits, obviously, for one by itself. But together, it's dynamite, right? Together, the discipline and the the spiritual connection uh, is dynamite. So for me, I mean, I'll just jump in with some, some things that I, I, I like is like, there's little apps that you can actually have that, that can, um, you know, like encourage your streaks. You know, there's an app called streaks actually is one that I use and you can just put those five nice. things that you just mentioned and it will just kind of motivate you and be like, Oh yeah, I did this today. And you can just, 
click it off and then you can say, Hey, I did this 10 days in a row. I've done it 30 days in a row or, or you, you, you know, you kind of just, it's just a way to, to kind of remind yourself that, that you want to do this. You've made a commitment to doing it. And there's something tangible that, that pops up on your screen, your notifications. And it reminds you if you haven't checked it for the day, you know, and then you can be like, Oh yeah, I haven't done that yet. And it gives you a chance to, to do it. If you, for whatever reason, didn't get to do it in the morning, but that's one tip that uh, I find helpful. And then I love what you were saying about just habit stacking. I mean, there's a book uh, called Atomic Habits that uh, I've read recently uh, by James Clear. And he talks about this concept of habit stacking where you're combining habits together. And so one of the ways I've done that is by like when I'm exercising, uh, which usually for me is running, um, I will listen on to a a Spirit of Prophecy book while I'm exercising, and then um, that kind of primes the pump when I get back. You know, I'm I'm ready to dig into the scriptures because I have all these thoughts in my mind that that helped, and I'm awake. And so I've I've been able to go through again through those those books. Um, and if something really you know, stands out, I'll I'll sometimes even stop and be like, oh, I gotta. I got to find where that quote is. I need to copy it and put it in my notes and, and save it for later. But it's interesting how the book comes across differently when it's being read to you versus reading it. And I do think there's, there's a, there's a, there's something about that. So anyway, that's just some things that I've done that have been helpful to me. And I don't know if you want to add to anything I just said. Yeah. Excellent. I love that. I think that It just shows that there are so many unique ways how you can personally design your morning routine that I don't even want to go up here and say like, okay, you know what? I don't want to come to you and say like, okay, you know, you got to do it like this and then that and then that, you know, no, like, you know, you should find your own way of, you know, what things you like, what things work for you and what things don't work for you. And uh, yeah, to get resources and to get ideas like, you know, what we're sharing right now is very helpful then because then you can say, okay, I'll try that out and I'll use that. So um, that's great. So talk a little bit more about just morning um, Devos Ministries. Like how can people connect to it? Like what are what are some things that some benefits that people would get by connecting to you and, and how would they do it? Yeah, so um, basically what I'm currently doing is I'm developing this page on my website, morningdevos.com, where you can um, look at all these resources. I'm doing little PDFs that you can read through where I'm just giving you helpful tips, how to not be distracted in the morning, how to wake up early in the morning, how to develop a routine that sticks and all these things. So um, feel free to check that out. And um, I also encourage you to... um, to join any challenges or our community that we currently have. So um, I'm regularly doing these these challenges with people around the world where I say, okay, the best way to start a new habit is when you get challenged, you know, because if you are on a website and you're like, okay, you know, I might want to start a new routine tomorrow and you're all by yourself, you don't have anyone that joins you, you're, you know, you're not really motivated. But if there's like an international challenge with people, a Christian Um, brothers and sisters from around the world who are doing the same thing you know for like two weeks everyone is reading the same book the same passage the same bible verses every day then that's that's super motivating and uh, we have these challenges so um you know actually one that's coming up uh just in a couple of weeks on march 15 um is uh, a challenge where we're reading through the Sermon on the Mount with the commentary book that I was mentioning. So, you know, just feel free to check that out and to really design your own morning routine. This is just my prayer, you know, to everyone who's listening. My um, hope that we can really um, design our morning in a way that we're looking forward to this, you know, that it's something amazing that's happening every day. And then you're not really sad or frustrated that it's Sunday evening and another Monday is coming and you got to work, you got to do that, you got to do this, right? No, you're actually you're actually excited about it because you're like, oh, I look forward to breakfast, healthy breakfast. I look forward to spending time in God's word. And and that's really something that that I want to help people with. Amen. Hey, I want to I want to connect with that. I love that book. And so in the show notes today, we're going to have links to um, Vince's website. We'll also have links where you can download uh, the book that he's referring to, Thoughts of the Mount of Blessings. 
Um, there's actually an app that's been created where you can um, read all these books um, or listen to them. Like I was saying, I there will literally be read to you um, if you're driving or you're exercising. So we're going to put that in the show notes as well so you can connect. And I'm sure there's other resources that, that Vince may have. And if he does, I will put them in the show notes as well. We want you to be connected um, to this community that, like you said, with this pandemic, it's more important than ever to be connected with a community that is motivating um, to to do what we really want to do, what we know we should be doing. But sometimes distractions and stress and and just isolation um, prevent us from from doing what we know we should do and really what we want to do. And uh, and so so Vince, you know, I was we're getting ready to close this episode out. Um, Adventology, you know, everything that we do on this podcast is to help people to be ready for Jesus. So we haven't directly talked about this. So just at the end of the, of the episode, um, talk about the importance of devotional life in connection to being ready for Jesus. I mean, we do believe Jesus is going to come in our lifetime. And so what, 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 how does this connect to that? You know, when I started to uh, read my Bible every day, and to read these commentary books and to um, really study, I can tell you that my life changed. Like, I looked at myself differently, you know, my nature. I looked at my, my, my family, my friends, the people around me differently. I looked at humans differently, at the world, at how, um, you know, God is God's character, how Satan really is like, you know, and, and, uh, and basically the plans that the Lord has for his people, all these things. And it's, it was a life-changing experience. And I believe that that can be the same experience for everyone who wants to dig deep and, and you know, basically take some time every day to just read in God's word and to spend time with Jesus in the morning. I believe that, you know, your morning devotions can become the single most powerful vehicle of change um, for your life and for the people around you. This can be literally the transformation, you know, the source of revival and reformation that we are so often talking about and, and waiting for. Because let's be honest, you can go to church every week and if it's an awesome service, you'll get a blessing every week. You can go to a prayer meeting and you'll have that blessing every Wednesday night or whenever it's happening, right? You can even go to Bible studies and you can go to, you can listen to a sermon here and then online. But the very thing that you can do every single day, that's the most powerful vehicle of change. And that is your devotional life. That is the time that shapes you who you will become tomorrow the decision you make you know by waking up early tomorrow morning and to spend time in god's word is shaping the person that you are becoming tomorrow and and that's why i believe devotions are so important that's why i believe that this morning habit that you can create can be the great source of revival and reformation in your life and then in the life of others as well because that's something that we can do every day and God is working through it. I've seen it, I've experienced it myself, and it's just this wonderful transformation that I believe is necessary for us to do um, before Jesus comes back. Because if we do that, if we spend time in His Word, if we get to know Him better, we are becoming ready for His return. And we are actually becoming more like Him as well. So that when we get to heaven, we're like, hey, you know, this is what I've seen before. This is what I've read about before. You know, this is what you look like, Jesus. I've, I, I actually know you. I actually have experienced you already while I was on this earth every day. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for uh, tuning in to this episode that uh, we just recorded here with Vince. I know that uh, it is such a, a beautiful thing to focus on our connecting with God and, and the different ways that we can do it. And as you can see, um, there are so many benefits to making that commitment every day and particularly in the morning, first thing, to connect with God. So if you've enjoyed this episode, I want to encourage you to, to write a review. 
to to connect to Vince. Uh, if you thought something that he shared was good, we have all the links in the show notes. Uh, morningdevos.com, morningdevos.com resources. And uh, you have his social media there as well. So I, w- I want to encourage you to connect with Vince. And I also want to encourage you to connect with us here in Adventology. You know, continue to share it with people you think might be blessed by it. Um, continue to send me your your um, your suggestions for future episodes. Maybe you have a, a guest that you would like to recommend that we bring here on Adventology. And you can reach out to me at Travis at Adventology.com. Um, I am just super excited about this new season. Um, I can't wait to share with you our next guest, uh, Bill Knott from the Review and Herald will be our next guest. So I'm looking forward to that. Until then, Maranatha.